is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hello, everybody. Um, it's just me. It's just Mel uh, this week, but it's also not just me. That's, oh my God, we've tried to record this twice and I've said this twice now, haven't I? Oh my God. I'm here with Alex Bruce Smith, uh, one of my very, very good friends, but also a very respected Aussie journo and an Aussie editor. Um, we met through work um, and she also has some really um, bizarre dating stories. So I've invited her on as my guest. Hello, Alex. Hello. Thanks for having me. I feel like I'm <laughs> inside the pod. Yeah, because Alex is actually a listener. So she's now inside <laughs> the pod instead of outside looking in. I was also um, waiting to see if you would do the whole, um, I'm by myself. Wait, fuck. No, I'm not. Thing again. And you did. You are. Uh, and I did. Nothing if not. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to start these things. I've never mastered starting the beginning of a podcast. It just doesn't happen for me. It doesn't happen for me. I'm not good at it. Um, but yes, if you can hear any noise, it's because it is the torrential downpour of of 2022 the latest in the myriad of disasters of the 2020s yeah what are we, why all is this decade like so cursed a plague of locusts or wait we had that yeah we did Raining blood, maybe that's what we need next i don't know you know what we Any need days. is like all the birds to fall out of the sky for no particular reason oh, don't that reminds me of disaster movies yeah well okay can I please tell you about the worst fucking movie i just recently saw which yeah. has nothing to do with dating but also would be I would say it would be a great date movie if you were both fun people who like to like laugh at shit movies, which I feel like is a lot of people. So if you need a good Netflix and chill film pre-sex, this is it. It's not sexy, but I feel like it would be sexy to laugh about it. Like you with could someone. make a drinking game to it. Be like, oh my God, 100%. so bad. Every time it's like we see a boom mic and shot, we drink yes. or something. So That is literally what you could do. So it's called Moonfall. <laughs> Um, it was in the cinemas. Tom and I went to see it because we love disaster movies and we were like, what could be better than the premise of this movie, which is that the moon goes out of orbit and just starts heading toward Earth in this sort of closer and closer little spin. That's just so um, cool. Uh, yeah, right? So, okay, well, <laughs> you, think, you think it sounds cool, right? And it had fucking, like, Halle Berry in it, okay? And Patrick Wilson. I was like, these are people. These are real oh, actors. They're not like – yeah. So, anyway, we really thought it was going to be good. Um, it's not. <laughs> I I personally will die on the hill that the last 30 minutes were genuinely engaging for me. Tom – begs to differ. Tom was literally at the point where I thought he was going to walk out of the cinema because how shit it was. But it's like, it just makes no sense. Like it doesn't, there's a lot of things that happen. I don't want to give anything away because. I'm going to watch it. I I am in a state of being, I'm just going through a really busy period. So I can't concentrate Mm. on anything. I just need like dumb shit. Um, So I'm really waiting for what's it? The Selling Sunset Australia. Lux Listings? No. Whatever that is. Yes. That like trash, but it's amazing. It's coming back soon. I just I just need that. Or I need this crappy. Yeah, well, this is good. I mean, it's good for like a shit watch. I actually need to start Love is Blind too because I can't do it. I don't know why. They're so good though. Everyone loves it. I just I watched the first episode in season one when it was big last year Mm -hmm. or the year before. And I just wasn't in the mood. 
I don't know. I, yeah. I really struggle with reality TV. Like if I'm in, I'm in. Mm. But I have never been a Real Housewives person. I've never watched the Kardashians. Um, I watched one season of The Valleys, which was like this terrible um, Sorry, what is that? Oh, my God, it was so good. It was set in Wales <laughs> and Cardiff, and they're all from the valleys and they all talk like this. <laughs> it was nuts. And they're all really horny, and they were all like, <laughs> trying to make it in the big city, and the big city is Cardiff. Like, it's not cool. <laughs> and all the girls were like, wanted to be models and promoters, and all the guys wanted to be like DJs, except for one guy <laughs> who wanted to be a martial artist. <laughs> it's like they all put them in a house and they filmed them but they were like building up to this club night like geordie shaw but a bit like geordie shaw but the final club night that you know the girls were promoters at and the boys were djs at also had a fight for like the because they've got this one guy and they're like what are we gonna do with you Better coordinate a fight at this club night. (laughs) And then they like took away the little ring and then it became like a dance floor. Oh God, that is so like he must have. Don't you just feel like he was like, I will not do this show unless I Mm. am a martial artist. Mm. And they're like, well, okay, but it's your funeral. I always thought this was weird with Geordie Shaw. Now you're going to tell me you've never seen I've never seen Geordie Shaw. I know, but I need to tell you about this. And I feel like other people listening will agree with me. It made no sense that they had jobs. So basically, <laughs> Geordie Shaw, same premise, like all in a house, like guys and girls, like, you know, they basically just want everyone to fuck in the shower. And they would show you. Like, I remember seeing, like, male ass sort of rooting a girl ah. who was behind a wall so you couldn't see her, but you just see his ass going back and forth. And it was just like, this is so much That's a lot. information for my eyes. Yeah. Because you know anyway. they're having sex. It's not like yeah. a, it's not like a movie where you're like, oh, that looks really hot and realistic, but nothing's happening. You're like, no, you're about to come and I'm seeing your ass. I'm watching you. Yeah. And because you would see it, like you see it in like Love Island and shit, but it's always under the covers in the bed and like you don't actually see like physically a nude man in, with like but- studio lighting on his ass. I've always imagined that the loneliest, darkest time of going on Love Island would be when you're paired up with someone you don't like and it's early days and you don't really know anyone. You're like, I just got to stay here. Um, And then you're like kind of a bit awake in the middle of the night. You're a bit hungover. You're a bit like, you're still drunk probably from the day before. And like, what did I, what did I do? Like, why, why am I here? And also you can't get back to sleep and you can hear your neighbors like giggling and having oh. sex and you're like oh god oh god please i don't want sex noises i don't i couldn't i actually don't think i could do one of those communal room no. sleeping things i barely cope having a partner who i share a bedroom with we have to have the window open at all times <laughs> because i just have this thing about breath in the room like, oh I'm yeah like, you would too i would hate oh, it you know what i'm like your feet still before you could have <laughs> Yes, he has to have a full shower before bed. Yeah, actually, I want <laughs> everyone gives a lot before I go to it. bed, and that's the Mel Mason effect because you change into not doing me. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'm very, very. Bed is like a sanctuary, but I think generally it was a really hard adjustment for me to get used to having another person in the room because 
I find it really like stuffy mm. and I would cannot imagine having 10 people in one room with no windows. Boys I'd would be like, have alcohol Ugh. sweat. Oh my God. Imagine how stinky oh. and farty that room would be after a big set. Oh my God. It'd be revolting. How and I'd be disgusting. like, I just want to be in a quiet corner by myself and then put on Harry Potter and go <laughs> take 20 <laughs> milligrams of melatonin. Put on Harry Potter, listen to Stephen Fry's voice, and just like that'd be my safe place. You'd get, you would get like, you would win the hideaway, which is like the special room that they get to go to with their partner for a night away from everybody else they can root. And you would be like, no, you're not coming. (laughs) I'm taking my iPod. My like melatonin. Time. I want this. this is my special time. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay here. Literally. Oh, that's the dream. Honestly, that, that is, is better than dream. sex. So I'm not gonna lie. Know. Some days I'm like, hmm, I would like to find somebody now. It'll be fun to live with a partner. But I'll t- honestly, mm. right now, I'm really excited to go to bed by myself in my own enormous bed and sleep in the middle and be like spread out everywhere and I'm just really, yeah you know, I don't think I'll ever appreciate it so much as I will tonight after thinking about the love island yeah after you hear about me and my partner's breath in my room you're like oh, I'm so happy that there's no one here no I really want to do something on I want to do an episode on um being consciously single because I do think that's a thing and when I was single I hit that sweet spot which I think I think there's a sweet spot in being single where you go through the periods where you're lonely and then you go through, and this this will segue really nicely, I think, into actually, what we're actually going to talk about. But I also have a quick story about that, which I don't yes. think I've told you in person yet. So this is, oh, yeah. my God. This is a- oh, it's real time finding out. So yeah. um, for context for all you listeners, I um, ended this, like, three-year on-off toxic hell relationship uh, maybe a month ago now. And in my, you know, post-breakup getting absolutely wasted um, with a girlfriend, she mentioned... What? People don't... People do that? I know. I, was, I messaged her and I was like, what are you doing right this second? I love that. Like, what? I was like, I just ended a relationship. And she's like, with who? What the fuck? Because here's the other thing. This relationship was secret. I love that. That's what you said to her. Like, I just went, oh, what are you doing right I'm now? I'm over now. And then she goes, and I, I told her who it was, and then she goes... I'm coming right over and I'm not kidding. She came from the other side. She lives in Stanmore. I'm in Bondi. She came to my house faster than my Uber Eats snacks arrived. That's a good mate. It was good mate. But then we made plans. She told me about this um, psychic that she and a friend saw a while ago in Newcastle. And in my very drunk state, I was like, I want to see a psychic. That's Right, amazing. So the next week we drove up to Newcastle and went and saw the psychic. Mm. And I've never seen a psychic before. I don't really believe in all this stuff, but I was like, I want to I want to go and see if it changes my thinking. And she's like, yeah. okay, why are you here? And I was like, I want to know what the next few years of my life looks like, you know, um, relationships professionally, yada, yada. She's like, okay. And you know, she's she's either very fast or she's seeing something because she'll ask you a question and then and she'll be writing and you'll go, um, say, for example, she's like, oh, when's your mom coming home? And I'll be like, oh, I think it's in uh, two weeks. And then she she's like, I wrote two. And you're like, what? And she mm-hmm. told me, I was like, I was like, you know, who who's my person? All right. I've dated a lot of people. Who's my person? When do I meet them? And she goes, I'm really sorry, but I think this, your current relationship, I see that going for another six months. And I was like, you what? Absolutely not. 
<laughs> She's like, look, that might just be the, the gain over period. Then she described my husband, our three children, his job, what he looks like, how I'm going to meet it, like all in such detail. It was kind mm. of spooky and really emotional when she, she described my, I'm going to have a son first, apparently. She described my son and I nearly started crying. Um, but she's like, I'm, she's like, I'm really sorry, but not yet. 2024 is the year that you're in love. It's going to be a whirlwind, but you might meet him late 2023, not yet. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? And she's like, your next relationship is with yourself. And that is the thing that has, like, I took all these notes on everything she said, but that is the thing that has stayed with me ever since that she's like, your next relationship, that's it. Your next relationship is with yourself. That doesn't mean you might not go on dates. <laughs> she's a bit bogan. So she was like, Oh, you know, you might use the apps to get a route. And I was like, oh, will I? Okay. Um, <laughs> she's like, relationship is with yourself. And it just changed my thinking. And it doesn't feel like every second I'm not on a dating app or going on a date or pursuing something is a waste of time. It's just like, yeah. oh, that's happening later. Now I'm focusing on me. And it feels like the first time in my life I've had that shift of thinking. It's yeah, wow. really interesting. Um, if anyone's going through a breakup, go see a psychic, even if you don't. Okay, but I was going to say to you that I swear this Newcastle psychic, I've, I don't know their name or anything, but I have had several different people that I know that go up that er- to that area to see a psychic. So I swear that I maybe the same this, pers- this specific woman. Um, fuck what we're going to talk about today. I think we should talk about this. Okay. Because I think this is so relevant right now because – I think that the pandemic, and I feel like you could speak to this far more than anybody that I know because Alex lives alone. Um, and I think that, you know, in the pandemic, obviously you were in lockdown alone. <laughs> and it's, I, I was, I talk about it quite a lot in this podcast that in 2020's lockdown, I was single. And it was like I had a couple of like I I briefly like inverted commas dated this guy in terms that we had some video chats and one incredibly awkward park walk. Oh no, I had a park walk date. Awful. Yes, they're so bad. He was so he was so lovely. He mm. was it was really fun to talk to, but I was like, I'm done with the date now. I don't want to be outside and I also don't want to go to your house and I don't want you to come yeah. to my house. So bye forever. And, like, I don't know how it was for you because, like, I guess 2020 was my, like, only, is my only, like, touch point for this stuff. But because we were all so fucking scared of COVID, we just didn't even touch. Like, we were standing, like, 1.5 metres away from each other. It was the most chaste thing I've ever done. It was like being in Pride and Prejudice and going for, like, a tour of the park, you know, like a tour of the ground. Let's have a turn. A wander around the moors. Oh, my God. You know, like, they do the thing where they just walk around living rooms or they walk around the library. Yeah, a tour around the I always think of that scene. It's in Pride and Prejudice, the Kira Knightley one, where she's like, let's take a turn about the room. And then he, like, cuts them down. He's like, there are only two reasons you are walking. One is so you you can have confidences without me and the other so I can admire your forms and oh my god I know but yeah consciously single so I guess it's like you know did you find lockdown hard yes you've done it two times over in terms of being single yes so the first time we did lockdown I actually had a roommate who I love Mm. he's one of my best friends he's amazing 
But we moved in together, not expecting to lock down together. And it's a yeah, pretty yeah. small apartment. So it was a bit, it's a lot going on there. But, you know, and to be honest, it was almost the apartment was too small to have people around. So it was kind of, it was just, it was a difficult time. But the next time we went into lockdown, um, I was living alone. My mom had actually been staying with me for a couple of weeks. And then we sort of went into lockdown a little bit and lockdown a little bit more and it became harder and harder. And I yeah. was, you know, seeing this guy and I was like, oh, I can't have him around. My mom's here. It's all a bit weird and to know. So mom left and suddenly I was by myself and I really needed, I needed that space. So the first thing was like, oh, relief, you know, the whole space is mine. And I have to say, I love living alone. Like yeah. I, the only way I would ever live with somebody again is if it was a partner, if it was maybe my sister or I don't know, we had a giant house and it felt like I was basically alone. Like I, I love <laughs> like it. Two wings of the house. Honestly. Yeah. But it became this thing where like my mood could slip so quickly and whenever he would come over, I'd be like, no, I need skin contact. Like I got a bit weird about it. I was like, yeah, I need man. like. I need the skin contacts. I, I do not get it. And I yeah. don't know exactly what the science is, but there is science to say, like, you need this to produce hormones. And I was like, no, mm. give me. Um, and I think in many ways it kind of, it might have extended the relationship longer than it needed mm. to be because there's this real sense of like, well, it's not healthy for either of us. It's not going anywhere. It's like pretty fucked. And that's a whole story for another time. Yeah. But, you know, this is a really tough time. So we can at least be a bit of comfort for each other, I guess. That was kind yeah. of his reasoning. But the thing is, is like the time to, I was the most sad and the most upset and the most like in a little whirl of emotion being like, I live alone and I can't do anything was like he would cause it. Like he would pick a fight or he would let me down in some way and it would just be like he would he would cause all the misery as well so then when he came along and was like no no I'm I'm really sorry I love you blah blah it was like oh okay well I, I kind of need this because I don't really have this from anywhere else and it was like it wasn't all bad um I did a lot I did like a lot of people I did a lot of walking so my entire social life was yeah. walking um which is yeah. kind of amazing I was really fit and that was really that was really good but he was the only one allowed to come over obviously and it's just like a different yeah. level of intimacy so it was weird but I th I think the the hardest thing that used to get used to play with me a lot and to an extent it still does a bit a lot less now I feel a lot calmer now but um so I turned 30 maybe two weeks before actually my birthday's mid-march so like yeah about a week before the world shut down I turned 30 um which is obviously you know a big like oh I'm 30 blah blah whatever mm -hmm. and in the last couple of years friends of mine have gotten married friends have had babies um, I know people who were single at the start of lockdown, oh, like you actually, who were single at the start of the first lockdown and are now living with a partner. And mm. it's really like I am in the same place. Like I've changed. Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went from having a housemate to living by myself, but largely I'm in the same place in my life. And that is fine until you realize that 
time might have stopped for you, but it hasn't stopped for everybody else. And that's a really Oof. weird thing to get your head around. No, that's like that's like blown my mind because do you reckon it's like if that period, like if we didn't have lockdown and COVID and all of this stuff that has limited our lives in terms of social interaction, if you didn't have that, would you even notice it? Do you know? Maybe and maybe not, like not nearly in the same way. Like I'm in a bit of a position where a lot of my friends are coupled up and they have been for ages and they kind of look at me and they're like, are you dating anyone? Like you doing this? And I'm like, oh, fucking murder you. Like I swear to God. Or they'll just do yeah. couple things. And I'm like, cool, are we not friends because I'm single at the moment? But like if I don't Yeah, I'm it's almost like, oh, where's your person? Yeah, where's your I other half? So like yeah. I'm a whole fucking person. It's like. Nothing, there's nothing I hate more than couples that act like a single, mm. a singular unit in social situations. It's just like. Why are you doing that? Like, I find it so, um, you know, yeah, like exclu- exclusionary because it's like then yeah. if there's anyone else around, they're like, it just, you just feel really it doesn't feel weird, which is what I love about our group of friends. Even though there's a couple, couples in that group, they do not act coupley. And yeah. if they split up, it wouldn't mean that we weren't friends with them like I yeah. kind of feel like if any of the couples in that group split up they would both still be in the group yeah and it's also that thing of like you don't go and then feel incredibly because I was obviously single for a lot of that period of us all being friends and I don't feel like there was ever a time where I would go and feel awkward because oh. of the amount of couples in that group was- and I think that's a real massive thing with like what pushes you into when you're in your early 30s. It's kind of any time because I've actually had like people in their mid-20s talk to me about this too. I think it's any period where a lot of your friends are in relationships and like quite serious relationships and then you're like, did I fall off the train of life? Like, (laughs) Did I get left at the station somewhere? What happened here, it's bizarre and I don't know. It's I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm like, how do you guys make it work? Like, what? I just mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's something that in me that I'm. Oh my god, this is I don't know if this is like. Hmm. Okay, so this is, a, this is a weird thing that I do, and I do it with <laughs> okay. everyone, and I don't. It doesn't mean anything, but I do it with every single guy that a friend of mine is with. Their day, yeah. or even like somebody, not even a friend, like an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. I meet their partner, and I kind of look at their partner and I go, "If I met you, and I mm. was single, and you were single, would I go for you?" And most <laughs> of the time, the answer is yeah. no. Yeah, and I go, "But you're making this person really happy, and you guys are really t- nice together, and there's something yeah. almost—I don't know what it is. Maybe my site could tell me, but there's always something more attractive <laughs> about." someone when they've been selected by someone else oh yeah it's really weird like there's something in Mm -hmm. me that goes oh cool well if you're single now what the hell is Mm. wrong with you uh no that's a massive thing I reckon I think there's a massive thing in that because okay firstly to go back that was like so many things (laughs) dropped in one sentence the thing where you assess 
like when your friend has a new partner and you just mentally assess, would I go for that person? And you like, no, I have a theory about that. And I reckon it's that whenever you meet, it's how you meet someone in what context. Like if I meet somebody in the context Mm -hmm. of that's my friend's partner, they're immediately like a brother or a sister to me. And then I'm like, all of it's come off. Like I wouldn't. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just immediately get a bit of a Yes. There's an immediate, like you are a non-sexual being. Yeah, Yeah, but then, well, but then on the flip side, I think when it's more like, you know, the person and then they get a partner and you don't know the partner at all. They're not your friend. Yeah. That's when I think the weird, like, wait, do I want you thing comes in? And it's not that I don't think we necessarily act on it. I think that's just human nature. I think that's just like somebody else has selected that person. Yes. Yes, somebody else suddenly, has chosen that person and you're like. It's literally like when we're what? kids and there's a toy and then your other friend picks the toy and you're like, I don't, I, now I want that toy. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is completely it. Um, I don't think we need therapy anymore. We just need a talk. I, we don't need therapy. <laughs> no. Everyone's listening being like, you bitches need to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny because do you know what I, I feel, okay, is I was always scared of becoming the desperate woman. And when I was younger, I will fully admit that I was a bitch and a half and I used to see, like, older women who were single and I genuinely had, like, going back to Pride and Prejudice, that idea of, like, oh, my God, how sad that you're single. Oh, my God, when she goes, <laughs> you know? I'm 27. I'm already yeah. sad into my parents. No, but it was that. It was, like, this idea of being left on the shelf, yes. right? And I genuinely had that. And I, and I, I really don't think that young people today would have this as much as we did because I think that we just were still in a very toxic idea about like women and settling down yes I think we're the shift generation because obviously mm. like Bridget Jones's era they were the first generation to fight against that but that ideology lasted and in our like we're the ones who are kind of straddling this in between I mean like you and I Actually, I don't know about you, but like I never saw a therapist in high school. I didn't see one for like my mid-20s and my entire life fell apart. But, you know, kids, kids these days are fucking old. (laughs) But like young people now would so openly talk about mental health because everyone's talking about mental health. They're like, hey, actually, I'm going to go get some help. And it's just it's things like that, that societal shift. And I think that's feeling like you're not, you know, complete or whatever until you have settled down is one of them. I just, I remember when I was 18, 19, and it was my first and longest term relationship with this absolute douchebag. I went, I met him at uni. We dated for like four years. I don't even know. And I have no idea why, but I remember we were driving to his parents' place once and he was driving and I was seeing the passenger seat car and i swear to God, I just, I felt like an adult. I was like, I'm mm. an adult driving with my boyfriend. We're driving. And mm. I then mean, got my peas like the last year before. It's like, we are driving to see his family. And that's, that's what we're doing because we're adults. And yes. Am- oh my God. That feeling. Yeah. Weird. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, but this is the thing is I think I had that with my first boyfriend too, who was not a douchebag, but was like, very much a lot of our relationship, I think, for me was the feeling of, like, I'm the big adult who is, you know, 
has gets in the car with my boyfriend and you know we go do boyfriend girlfriend things and like there's a lot of novelty in that mm. and i still think going back to conscious singleness um that sometimes and i feel like i have done it for sure you fall into these relationships that you just want that skin contact or you just want that company or you just like want to feel like you know you're going to fit in with all the f- a couple friends or whatever yes. and it is really difficult not to do that and not necessarily always the worst idea like I don't necessarily think we need to be like black and white about this and be like you can't ever date someone just because you want company because mm. fuck it like no. sometimes like and whatever that's I mean another I, I think- mindset shift that I've had because I have I don't date a lot, which you know, um, takes a lot to, you know, make me go, fuck, I'm going to do it. But I've been (laughs) on a few dates and I'm always there going, are you the one? Like, are you Mm. the one? Do I want to go home with you? Do I see, do I want to hang out with you every weekend for the next month? Do I want to be like living with you in six months? Like that's the way I look at it. And now the way I'm looking at it is like, yeah, you know what? I do want to just, I mean, I haven't been so freaking busy at work, but um, there was a guy I met a couple of weeks ago. It was just like, I don't know why he was chatting me up, but he was. And then he found me on Instagram very quickly and sent me a mm. message. And like, what he didn't know is that the friend who had introduced us, like I had a little bit of a thing with, and I was like, it's your <laughs> mate. And he goes, yeah. Anyway, he asked me out. I just realized nothing ever came of that because he was going away, came back. Maybe he got bored. But he asked I me out. just forgot about that. That is so like my energy would be that I would never forget about that. Like I don't the horse is flogged on the floor. Oh my God, no, I just I I don't care. Like, you know, I don't see he's not a person that I want to date. I don't even know if I'd want to sleep with him. But when he was like, Oh, we should get a coffee or a drink. And I was like, Yeah, let's go have a date. That sounds fun. And who cares you can absolutely be like I would like some company I want to go out I want to look cute yeah have some drinks and just like have fun and not worry about if this person is you know going to propose in two years who cares totally but I think that's a little different in the sense of like I think that's conscious being consciously single in the way of like I feel like company tonight and I'm not I don't think like to me personally Conscious singleness is not necessarily that you are completely closed off to options. It's mm. more like you're not hunting for them or searching for them. Hunting's a bad word. It's not like you're yearning for them or you're searching for them. Like yes. You kind of go on these dates, like you said, you go on the date and you're just going to go because you're like, this is fun. I like to do this. I'm not putting any pressure on this situation. I'm not expecting anything from it. I'm not going to sit there. I'm going to stop myself and from analyzing whether this person is like marriage material. We all fucking do it. Mm-hmm. We all fucking do it, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm just going to go and have a good time. And I think that it's that mind frame change that puts you in that good position where you're, yeah, like you then have all your other shit going on. So like for you say now post-psych, it's not like you're not going to go on dates with people yeah, because she told you you're going to meet your guy like in 2023. So specific within 10 That's to very 12 specific. minutes. I'm, look, I'm going to say that I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think, look, maybe that's how it's going to go, but I think it's nice that concept of taking from everything that she said 
that the next relationship is with yourself. We, I really don't think we think of it like that often. And I do think we often roll our eyes at that because we're like, oh, yeah, but I'm like out here and it's all well and good for you to say that because you've got a partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like usually it's people with partners that say <laughs> that to you. But I really feel like I hit that sweet spot in 2020. Um, not all the way to when I met Tom because I met this other guy before Tom and then he like fucked me. But what about that? Like, yeah, but like you know, like for the until that, I kind of was just chilling in this really nice neutral zone where I was enjoying like hanging, like you know, going for walks with friends, like you were saying, and like being obsessed with my dog and doing all my side project things and and kind of just not even putting a lot of energy into anything in particular, but just kind of every night it was like go, I would go to bed and I'm like, oh, this is nice. Like I put my sleep pillow spray on. <laughs> and I'm like it's my space there's just something really beautiful about that and I think also what we forget is that you don't get that back really like that is it and then if you meet the person for your that you're going to spend your life with potentially it really does happen quickly like you're immediately in a relationship and then that's the trajectory ideally mm. is that it, you go from there onwards right so yeah and I think kind of nice to have that time it's nice and I think partly maybe it's our age or maybe it's pandemic or maybe it's true like different changing norms or whatever I feel like when I was in my mid-20s anyone who moved in together after six months was a disaster it was like yeah that's too soon. You have to date yeah. for several years and you're not allowed to move in together until you're in your late twenties. And when you move in together, it's because you're probably going to get married, but it's still a bit weird. Whereas I yeah. feel like now it's just really normal to be like, Oh, cool. Well, we love each other and we want to be together. So let's go. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's because we're older and it's really normal to live with your partner or if it's pandemic and people are like, Hey, what matters? People. That's it. Like nothing else, like yeah. it's just people and everything that comes mm. from people. I think it's kind of a mix because I think like I remember people telling me when I was single and I was in my early 30s and I was sort of like, because it is a really scary time. I think you start to just suddenly feel the pressure of like babies and oh, biological yeah. clocks and like you said, friends that are getting together and whatever. And I remember like, I had so many people say to me, oh, but, you know, like when it happened, you know, that horrible, like when it happens, it'll happen. And I used to think that was really stupid, but it is kind of true. Like, and, and I'm saying that not even necessarily about Tom, but like every time I've met somebody that I was into, it happens so quickly. And then mm. you go on that one date where you like have a good date and then you go on your second date. And it's like, I always, for me, it's always like second or third date where you like tip over into, oh yeah, I'm really into this person. And from there on, it just like snowballs and, you know, like a lot of obviously, obviously all those relationships didn't continue to snowball, but like, <laughs> you know, it does happen really fucking quickly. Mm. But look, this has been a chaotic episode. Really but if you have thoughts, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground here, but I think in general, what we've essentially covered is that, you know, I think there's always going to be that choice, right? Where like, if you've if you're in a period of being single and you're a bit like just feeling a bit flat, you're coming out of a relationship or you're, you know, just over the apps a little bit, etc. I think it is a really good and we like we've touched on it with different episodes in different perspectives, but I don't think we've ever covered really the actual, you know, process of going, 
I am just going to love myself as cliche and naff as that can sound sometimes, but just actually just investing in yourself and not necessarily saying no to dates or having fun or flings or whatever, but just not like putting that pressure on yourself to find somebody and then kind of, I think it does remove a lot of that disappointment. Do you know what I think it is? And that's where it's going to be the last point because you and I could talk forever. But I (laughs) feel like there have been times in my life where I am just waiting and preparing for that date. Like it's like Mm. my, it's like I'm on pause, you know, I've got my work, I've got my friends, I've got whatever. But like the other time I'm like bettering myself to go land that person the waiting room. And now it doesn't feel like I'm in the waiting room. It feels like, hey, this is my life. Like, this is it. This is my fucking life. I'm never, I turn 32 next week. I'm never going to be 31 again. And I'm really enjoying how I'm spending 31 like and that yes it doesn't matter it is huge oh you're just really coming out with the like big thoughts today but, like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not about like I think we it, again it's like sometimes people will be like oh I'm just spending time on me but you're not you're spending time on you waiting for the person yes you're like, like, preparing for them about. it's literally just about you and do you know what I think and again Tom yes but also other relationships I've had that were like with like healthy or where I was in a healthy place because I don't think it's necessarily always about them but it's like about how you approaching that relationship well always when I was like loving myself sick having like I I was had my own confidence and then I ended up dating people where I was just able to be 100% myself and they didn't necessarily always work out but I did have that like I guess it's almost like uh, just that you entered that in a whole and pure way in the best with the best foundation you could to turn that into a relationship because I think that is a huge thing we don't ever talk about is like how many times do we make ourselves something for somebody else like and reduce ourselves or add to ourselves in this way where we're like please love me you know (laughs) but I think when you just love yourself and you're actually spending that like just chilling and like enjoying you and and not you know not spending copious amounts of time like trying to better yourself for some person that you're going to meet then when you do go and meet people and potentially say one of them it clicks you're just going to be you and you're just going to be like oh sorry I really want to go home it's 9 p.m and I want to watch like maths or whatever and like you know you're not going to be pretending like oh fuck I used to be such a fake and I used to just like like, but I would do it subconsciously and I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm going to get a record player now mm. and like totally yeah. listen to records. And I just don't. <laughs> like, I don't. I use fucking Spotify. It's so. easier <laughs> and cheaper. It's fucking easier. And records, you have to turn them over all the time. And, you know, like, I don't go and fucking see all the arty movies. I don't go to the fucking Italian film festival. And, right. you know, like, that's just not me. And, like, I fucking love shitty TV. I'm literally at the moment watching Ginny and Georgia. Then I'm probably going to watch Love is Blind. And it's like I was sometimes I imagine like what if I ended up with one of the like fucking creative dudes I used to be obsessed with when I was younger. Oh, my God, you'd like, be wankers. so bored. Such wankers and I would be like having to hide my Ginny and Georgia obsession yeah. because I'd think I was stupid. Yeah, I'm so glad. I have Tom them. who just puts up with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, 100%. I think I, I think 
there's it's yeah it's it sounds lame but it is very like love yourself first vibes but for you not for others which is so nice so i hope everyone um if you've got stories or different opinions hey come and tell us in the facebook group jeans and a nice top alex is in there so she'll probably reply um (laughs) and yeah or instagram jeans and a nice top dot podcast i think or underscore pod i don't know figure it out this is what Josie and I say on our other podcast, on our podcast, You're Doing Great, Sweeties. We're always like, we forget what they're all called. And we're just like, just look it up. <laughs> you know how to the responsibility. <laughs> yes, exactly. But thanks for coming on. Thanks for um, If anyone wants to find Alex on Instagram, what is your thing? It's, just, it's, it's just Alex Bruce Smith these days. Three, there you go. Three little words. You can go track her life of loving herself. And then you can see if she really does end up with a man who is an engineer with a kid <laughs> in about a year has, and a half yeah in a year and a half specifically <laughs> <laughs> we'll check back in in a year and a half and I'll let you know yeah. <laughs> thanks guys bye bye